Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, shooters and editors, welcome to Blue Ass Water, where we pay homage to the greats while we roast our own creative mistakes. I'm your host, Emac. The Blue Ass Water Show deals with stereotypical travel content while diving deeper into the motivations and content strategies of the talented, passionate, and lively guests of the show. Our purpose is to spread positivity and good vibes, just like the content that inspired us to begin with. So I'm going to be bold. I'm coming at you right now, asking you, please, por favor, mi amigo, if you're on Spotify, go ahead and hit that follow. Download every, 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 every episode we drop. They're going to be good. And if they're not, just listen. Please, have fun with it. We will. If you're on Apple Music, five-star review. Anyways, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, subscribe. Subscribe, like right now, subscribe. And like this video. And then at the end, or in the middle, or like right now, whenever, go ahead and drop a comment. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show lined up for you today. An amazing guest. He's a legend. He's a homie. He's a videographer from Charleston, South Carolina, a recent graduate of Clemson University. He's got killer insight, and you're going to love him. His name, James Turner. All right, let's do it. Blue ass water. What do the words mean to you? Hmm. First thing that comes to my mind is the Cody Co video um, where he said that term first. I believe it was a video of him roasting Korea Tyler. Um, dude, yeah, first thing, dude, that video was absolutely hilarious. I think it's a great name for the for the pod. Yeah, I mean, he definitely coined that term in that video. And I think, honestly, that video kind of put his name. I mean, his name was already on the map but it was just one more little dagger to solidify his name into like the realm of internet comedy slash content slash, you know, Cody Co the brand. <laughs> yeah, bro. I couldn't agree more, dude. <laughs> so when you were first getting into content uh, and just, you know, video, photo, whatever it may be, who were some of your early, early inspirations? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, so I believe this was around early high school. So probably like 2013 no 2014 i believe um me and my buddy baylor kim were like all into like the travel the travel videography type stuff and there were two guys out in hawaii nainoa langer and taylor fisher um so they just made like a bunch of cool videos around oahu like cliff jumping um diving surfing like that type of stuff so those would definitely probably be my earliest two inspirations that kind of got me into it I forget Potter's last name, but I think that's his name, Captain Potter. Yeah, dude, that guy's snarly. His storytelling is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree, dude. He did a piece down in the, I think down in the Amazon last year. And it's just like going into the vibes and then they had some uh, like forestation or forest type things going on. And the way he just told the story and brought the native people into it and all that was just so impressive. So yeah, I agree. And I know as a, a goat and then as, as well as uh, I would just add Potter in there. He's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, those two guys are, those two guys are awesome. So tell me about how you got started. Um, so this was around like eight or nine years ago. Um, my brother and I were at my grandparents' farm in Winsboro, South Carolina. So like out in the sticks, middle of nowhere. Um, and we were like riding around these four wheelers down on these trails and 
this was like the time where like everyone had like iPod touches. So I remember I had this iPod touch fourth gen in this blue case. And I was like, me and Andy were like, yo, it'd be so sick to like get a video of us like riding down these trails. So we got the iPod and um, taped it to the front of the handlebars of the four wheeler. And just like took like a like, five minute video of us just ripping through the trails. Like I was following him, he was following me. And then like from that point on, like it was like, this stuff's dope. Like what's the next step? So we each got GoPros around that same time. Um, and then that kind of progressed into just like back in Charleston where I'm from, like me and my buddies would just go out surfing or like jumping off bridges or like towers and all that type of fun stuff. We would just like make little fun videos around Charleston of us just like messing around, having a good time, like doing all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I would say that's how I got into it. How much warp stabilizer did you have to use on that uh, four-wheeler iPod touch clip? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I did I did not even know about warp stabies back then. It was all on uh all on Movie Maker. Yeah, I was I got started on iMovie. So you and I were same same shit, different lane. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, iMovie and Window Maker for you. Legendary. If it weren't for those, oh yeah. I'm sure so many people had their start on those two platforms dude so many yeah so many and i mean they're so intuitive you know and they've added on i mean i really haven't looked too much into them lately but i know that they've added more and more very very easy features to those apps you know to get people started and, and now like uh premiere has uh what is the phone version of premiere like premiere rush or something like that oh uh, yeah rush yeah yeah all these like every app is so easy now it's like even on to go on a tangent real quick but like kids are full, full ass edits on tiktok it's it's ridiculous yeah, dude you can throw some gnarly effects on it too yeah it's crazy there's some wild stuff built in that <laughs> based on your instagram which i love it looks great obviously which <laughs> appreciate you, it you, you had the chance to experience a good bit of travel and blue ass water abroad Oh yeah. Are there any funny, <laughs> crazy, unexpected, scary experiences you've had while filming in foreign places? Um, totally. Let me think. So probably the most recent one would be in, so last December, me and two of my buddies, Ryan McCormick and Griff, we went to um, Oahu to shoot the 2020 Pipe Masters. And while we were there, the biggest thing, like, this has been on my bucket list for probably like seven years, but Stairway to Heaven, that hike on the top of the ridgeline, that's easily one of the scariest things I've ever done in my entire life. Because um, it's so high up or why? Yeah, that. And we also went and like we checked the weather before. It was supposed to be good. You're supposed to go like at three in the morning um, to avoid the security guard at the bottom who like gives people tickets because it's illegal. Oh, it's illegal but, to do that hike. Um, yeah, very. <laughs> um, but we got we got word from we got word from one of our buddies who lives on the island that like due to COVID, like the security guy wasn't there anymore, and so we just sent it at like noon. Um, got up there. The weather's supposed to be great. As we're going up, we're like kind of like confused because we didn't really see many people else like going up but we saw like a couple of people coming down um got to the first little spot and probably like a third of the way up and huge rainstorm rolls in easily like 30 maybe 35 mile an hour wind 
and it got like mad dangerous because this thing's like straight vertical like talking about like hands and feet like on the stairs like almost like a ladder basically like a ladder bro so we were like a third of the way up and we we're just like probably had like four more hours of sunlight and we were just kind of contemplating like what do we do like do we go to the top or just like play it safe go back down and then griff thankfully which is like guys we didn't come third of the way up we can't say we actually did this he's like we got to go to the top so it took us probably another hour and a half to get to the top where it was basically in a cloud couldn't see anything and pouring down rain stairs super slippery like ryan mccormick like one of my super close buddies was like at the bot like it was griff me ryan and i heard him like saying the lord's prayer as we were going up and i was just like dude that's sketching me out like we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine like easily the like closest near-death experience i've ever had just like bro so nuts but once you got to the top dude such a rewarding feeling like it was like one of the best feelings ever absolutely exhausted like descended back down we had to like park in a neighborhood sprint to the car all the neighbors are like in this neighborhood are outside just like chirping at us and dude to get in the car ride back home in silence like we were just like wow we actually just did that bro like so so sketchy dang my heart would be beating i mean as you were telling that my heart was beating <laughs> dude it was it was it was absurd like i'm so happy we did it but dude like i told my mom i was like mom it was so sketchy she was not she was not excited to hear that <laughs> but you were doing it beforehand oh i told her after absolutely of course, of course. i was gonna tell you i don't i don't want her worrying <laughs> I did a hike like that. I went to Scotland. Uh, I was in England doing an internship with the football club. And while I was there, I took a weekend to Scotland. And this place called Arthur's Seat. Um, maybe it's named after like King Arthur or something. I don't know. But it's a really big mountain. Not as high as the one you were on, but it's big. And uh, maybe like the first third is fairly easy. So you're like, oh, I got this like 20 more minutes. The middle third like instantly goes steeper. And you're like, uh, maybe a little bit more than 20 or 30 more minutes. And then the top third is like really steep. And as I hit the top third, it started raining and I had, oh, so it was my last day. I checked out of my hostel and I surfed the day before. So I had a, maybe like a pound wet wetsuit in my bag. Speaking of which little tangent here, I think we have the same camera bag. Zach Noyle? Really? Oh, yeah, dude. I got it. Yeah, dude, I got it right back there. I, dude, that thing is nice. It, dude, it's perfect. It's nice, dude. There's so much space in it. Like, I can I can fit so much gear into there. But yeah, I had that bag on me. I checked out of my hostel, and I had the wetsuit in the top half, a few clothes in the top half, and then all my camera stuff in my laptop. So the bag weighed maybe like 30 pounds. I, I can't measure weight very well, but like, it was a heavy bag. And I'm doing this hike that like I totally underestimated. And then it starts raining on me in the top third. And so I'm just like, oh, like just like you said, I got to get to the top. I've come this far, you know, and uh, my train out of town wasn't for another three hours. So like what else to do? But oh, my God, you get to the top. It was so rewarding. Like the, as I reached the summit, the rain turned to a slow drizzle and then kind of completely stopped and then like, like similar to you, you're kind of in the clouds, like the lower clouds, and you could just kind of see the whole city below. And it was just, yeah, amazing. Well worth the check. So guys, any, if you're listening dope. to this and you're thinking about climbing a mountain, just do it. Whether it be the one in the one in your city, Kilimanjaro or Everest, go for it.
you got yeah, it. We're not respon we're not responsible for any injuries that may happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. Thank you, James. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On a totally different note, you just graduated. I did. Congratulations. Really. So stoked. Appreciate Clemson it. alumni, alumnus. I, I don't know the correct. Is it alumni is plural and alumnus alumni. is singular? Alumni is singular? Yeah, I think alumni is singular. Or I think it's kind of both. I feel like they should have taught us that in school. Yeah, dude. I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about your experience at Clemson, Tigertown. What does that mean to you? Bro, dude, so much. I, um, from as long as I can remember, like, I remember coming to, like, football games here with my parents. Both my parents went here. Um, saw, like, majority of my family came here. My brother graduated from here a couple years ago. Um, so, yeah, definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, college experience, super fun. Um, met a ton of friends from so many different areas. Um, honestly, didn't learn too much from my classes, but... I met a lot of cool people, so yeah, couldn't ask for anything more, bro. Recently, you were able to do a partnership, I call it, with Toyota Southeast. Not a lot of college students get to do that with a brand as big as Toyota. Tell me about that experience, uh, the content you made, how y'all how went about the organization, the business side of it. Yeah, um, so this was probably two or three months ago um an agency based in atlanta 22 squared reached out to me and my buddy kevin hale who um flies fpv drones a lot super nasty um so they reached out to us about this campaign they were doing um which they basically give you a car for i think i believe like two weeks and from that you produce one long form video and then 10 short form videos that each um kind of correlate with a certain feature on the car. So you have to like show off like the push button start or the digital rear view mirror, which is really cool. So it's like um, like a backup camera basically, but you, if you like, if your line of sight's blocked in your rear view mirror, you flip a switch and then it turns into a camera on the back of the car, which is dope. Um, that and like a couple other cool features. So. We just whipped the car around for two weeks Casual. and went to yeah went to cool places and just tried to make short engaging content that shows off the features of the car and honestly I never thought I'd like a Rav Four so much but dude love Rav Fours now dude they're so new sweet. dream car <laughs> dude honestly maybe I got a I got a Tacoma right now but I might need to switch over to the Rav Four it's the way to go I had a Forerunner for years and I fell in love with it dude. Love Forerunners. It was a 98, so it had a bit of a character, we'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a few leaky leaky windows, but, uh, you know, it, it did the trick. But, yeah, from there, we um, just sat down. Kevin and I edited the footage, sent it over to the agency. Um, they came back with a couple revisions, but, yeah, did that. And now, actually, today, we're starting another one for um, the Camry, which isn't as exciting, but... It'll be fun. So while you were at Clemson, you there's a there's a name that a lot of people might know. It's sort of like a household name these days. Uh, Dabo might be one of them, but uh, I think it starts with like a T T Lawrence or something like. I think he was drafted first pick, first pick in the draft. Yeah, sounds familiar. Trevor Lawrence. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. You you got to work with him, no? 
Yeah, so me and my buddies, um, we shot a little video with him and Amari, and yeah, it was super awesome. How was it working with such a big name like that? Were you nervous? Was he chill? I, you know, I, I've seen a lot that like says he's such a humble guy, very personable, that sort of thing. Does that does that ring true? Dude, absolutely. So I've known him for um, probably two years now. I met him at some of these uh, football camps I've shot at because he comes in as like a um, what's the name like counselor because he used to go to this camps and like I'll be shooting him. And he comes out there and this me and him will like chat for a little bit. So that's really cool just to like have like a small relationship with him like that. Um, but dude, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like they're just normal normal college kids too. Like you know, I I try to like not treat them any differently than I would like some of my close buddies like you don't you want to make it seem like an environment where like y'all are like just hanging out working together rather than like they have to show up here they have to do this shoot it's like if you just make it like fun for them fun for you like everyone's having a good time like you'll just get so much better content out of it when both parties feel comfortable both parties can perform at the highest level yeah dude absolutely um but no, dude, he's a super, super humble guy, super down to earth, doesn't talk too much. Um, but no, he's, he's awesome. He's great. I can only imagine that there would probably be nerves going into it. But yeah, once you get the ball rolling and you're shooting in your element and they're playing in their element, it just feels natural, comfortable, having fun, like you said. So at Clemson, uh, first podcast. It's going it's going great so far but dude <laughs> it's it's dude, tricky first podcast for me yeah it's tricky, <laughs> tricky so all y'all trying to start a podcast out there i know a lot of people did in the last year this shit's hard <laughs> it's fun <laughs> but it, it's 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 daunting but you just gotta you know take it in stride and and go with it but uh you mentioned fpv earlier talk dirty to me um interesting uh choice of words <laughs> um dude so probably like a year and a half ago um i was just kind of got sick and tired of regular consumer like dji drones and my neighbor my buddy um kevin hale he's a i think i want to say electrical engineering or mechanical engineering major um me and him were just like talking talking to his like about random stuff and like FPV drones came up he's like dude I've always wanted to build one I was like dude same like let's do it um so after that like we just like did a little bit of research and just ordered a ton of parts like I tell you like my my dad's an electrical engineer so I have a little bit of like knowledge of the subject but like not too much and get all the pieces and parts in probably like 60 separate components and dude craziest thing ever you got to like solder all the wires together everything has to be like perfect no wires touching like Pause. the build yeah for someone that doesn't know what the word solder means yeah so basically um it's when you have two two different components kind of look like microchips maybe and there's two electrical components and you have to connect the two of them via wire which you strip on the outside and then bind to each one with solder which is like a metal binding material and you have like a soldering iron which is like a like a really it's like a pin that gets really hot on the end and then yeah that was a very dumbed down had to have that had to have that description for all the nerds though <laughs> i knew there'd be some people out there being like what does that word mean <laughs> so what got you into fpv in the first place i would say johnny fpv is definitely 
a big influence there. Um, there's another guy on YouTube I watch a lot, Mr. Steel and Nurk. Those are just like two guys that like kind of like started like racing drones like a while ago. Um, and just like seeing them like do all the stuff like that was super awesome. I was like, dude, I got to get into this. It's so fun, dude. It's like unreal. The feeling, the feeling's unreal, dude. You get such a crazy rush flying that I'm thing. I'm sure. Some I get a rush flying there like the original Mavic sometimes. I can't yeah. even imagine the rush you would get from flying FTV. Yeah, dude, it gets you it gets you dizzy though. Um, if you're doing all the flips and turns and stuff, like it definitely uh takes a toll. You take the goggles off and you're all like disoriented. <laughs> and then when you crash, do you feel like you physically crashed yourself? Um, not necessarily. Um like I crash just about every time I fly or if I'm like like practicing in the field. It's like only way you're gonna get better, so it's like pushing yourself and doing different maneuvers, going through tighter gaps and stuff like that. So I crash a lot, but it's all part of it. Like you crash, maybe break a prop, maybe break a ESC, which is like a motor um, regulator. Like, but then you just bring it back home, troubleshoot it, order a part if you need to, fix it, and then go back out there and do it again. Dude. So you said that part of the reason you got into FPV was because you know DJI drones weren't quite doing it for you. Yeah. Recently, DJI came out with their own FPV. They did. And you've tried that, right? Yes, I have flown one. For all those wondering, we're a few months late to this discussion, maybe just a few weeks. <laughs> what would you describe the differences, similarities, level of uh, difficulty? So, dude, like, first of all, like, DJI, like, consumerizing FPV drones, like, a game changer like no one there's been a lot of companies i've tried to over the past like year or two but like they had they haven't dialed in as like fine as dji did um the like just like the the barrier to entry into like traditional fpv is so like thick because you have to learn about if you're going to build it yourself like soldering wiring diagrams voltage like charging batteries is sketchy enough as is like i have to put them on the um charger get the set the volts set the amps and literally be in my room with it because like they're known to catch on fire sorry to cut you off if you don't use the full battery you have to decharge it yes yeah dude it's weird but um but dude dji making that is just crazy like they have three separate modes so beginner mode i forget the technical names of it but just like progressively getting harder and harder so you can like work your way up to it um that's like a huge plus with it um the battery dude the battery 20 minute or like probably i think 15 minute flight time crazy like mine gets like five and a half at best um and you don't have to mess around with like a bunch of different wires to charge them it's not sketchy at all it's like a pretty like safe um lipo battery dude it's just i think it's going to change the game i know right now they're kind of working on some issues with like obviously people are going to crash them because you always crash those drones but um i think if they were to make it i i'm, I'm it's like obvious they're going to make a second gen to that thing and if they make it so the the flyer the person who has the drone can repair it themselves instead of like sending it into dji care like that's going to be like the next like iteration of it and hopefully a little bit better camera quality from it um dude once they once they dial that thing in i i'm 100 percent gonna get one. Oh, okay so will you stick will you do 50 50 stick to original fpv and get the new the 2.0 or will you fully convert dude no i can't fully convert um 
because because like it's going to be run through the DJI app, which geo locks a lot of different areas. And like some, I 100% understand. If you're close to an airport, like don't fly next to an airport. Yeah. But sometimes they have like like random little places just closed off where you can't even take off. Like you obviously know about that. Yeah. Um. So there's like that's like a like a con to it, but. I don't know, dude. Like once they once they get a second version of that thing rolling, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a game changer for sure. Like the first one's a game changer. Yeah. But second one, second one, I I'll definitely think about buying it. It was my first year shooting for Flagler, I think Flagler basketball, and we had a preseason little scrimmage in Daytona, and the gym we scrimmaged at was right next to the speedway, like right next door. And so uh, after the scrimmage, I was like, dude, why would I not grab some quick B-roll drone shots of the speedway? That would be sick. I, sh- I put the drone up in the air and then let me go anywhere because, yeah. of, the, because of the restriction. And I was like, are you kidding? And so I couldn't get any shot. Like I, I was just, I couldn't even get through like the fence to get handheld shots. So I just couldn't do anything about it. But I was so excited. And there's so many instances of myself where I want to drive, I want to fly the drone somewhere and I get it all set up, ready to go, put the right ND filter on. It says, you can't take off here. I'm like, oh. that's where FPV would come in handy because the restrictions are up to you no? Yeah, exactly. Like you can't, there's no, uh, there's no like satellite GPS on it. So like, so, like you really could take it off anywhere, but it's kind of up to the pilot to like judge to see if a area is safe to fly it's not gonna like harm anyone because like they really are like chainsaws on wheels not on wheels like flying chainsaws um dude i've gotten my hand like mangled up before like that thing like it's dangerous i got so. my hand mangled with the original mavic <laughs> it, dude yeah those the props are just yeah i mean if i if i did that with the mavic that's safe i'd lose an arm and a leg with the fpv for sure Dude, yeah, absolutely. It's it gets sketchy, but um, you just gotta have a certain respect for it. Know it, uh, know the damage it can do. It's like be aware of your surroundings and make sure you don't hit anyone else. Most importantly, one of my favorite edits of yours was when you flew around FPV, flew around the football stadium. Uh, what's it called? Death Valley. That, yeah, I, th- I thought so. I was gonna say that, and I was like, nah, that's just like the nickname for it. that's not the original. I, but anyways, yeah. You flew Death Valley and you like you tilted as FTV does. And I was just like, wow, this is sexy. <laughs> oh, dude, that was that was such a fun one to fly. We actually flew it three separate times. Um, so the first time we went was to get like the gates open at the top of the hill. And I had my friend who's the cub come out there and like stand at the rock. So did that shot first, came back another day, knocked out a couple more, then came back the last day and went into like the upper deck and up on top of the oculus like flew from there dude it was, it was so much fun scary though because um the wires that run the fly cam for football games those were up and you can't you can't see those. really so you had to especially be especially when yeah, you're bro, going you to be how, super... how fast are you flying it 30 an hour 40 um yeah usually around usually around 40 but like if you're diving stuff like or just like booking it like you can go like anywhere up to like 70 80 top speed it's wild time for gear talk what's your go-to setup if you didn't know what the shoot was for tomorrow but you knew you had a shoot tomorrow what are you rocking hmm so i'd be rocking that's a good question um 
I'd be rocking the A7S II. It's my go-to camera. Um, probably a 24 to 70 G Master with in a cage with top handle, um, Atmos Shinobi monitor and Rode Video Mic Pro shotgun mic. Dig it. It's a go-to handheld setup, dude. Can never fail. What about you? What would you go for? Right now, I'm rocking the A7R2 and a 35 uh, Prime. But if I have my choice and I had gear that I don't currently have, I'd probably go with the 24 to 70 as well. With basketball, loved the 18 to 105. It was amazing. It's just perfect because you could get you could get pretty wide, and then you could get like zoom in pretty far. And when you're shooting basketball, you're right on the court. I mean, same with football, but it's a smaller court. So the eighteen to one hundred five was perfect for me. Dude, yeah, that lens. I um I had that lens for the last camera. I had the A sixty three hundred. Yeah, that lens never never came off my camera, dude. It's so versatile. Like you can get just about like all the stuff you need to with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah stabilizers what's your go-to um so for smaller like type stuff is the ronin s classic ronin s um i've used the ronin s version 2 i forget the i forget the name of it but um i've been using that a little bit on some shoots um my brother has one dude such a game changer it's like like steps up from the ronin s um and then if I'm doing more bigger stuff, I use a Movi Pro. So it's like a big ring, yeah, big boy stabilizer. Big um, boy. Oh yeah, dude, that thing, that thing's a beast. Yeah. So, but honestly, like if I don't have to, I I don't like using stabilizers. I only do it like when I really have to. Like if I'm getting like shots out of the back of a truck to like track a car, like getting roller shots, like stuff like that. Um, it's just kind of a pain, honestly. And I kind of like the, I dig the handheld look a little more, but sometimes, sometimes it's necessary. So what are some goals you have? Dude, it's kind of just figuring out as I go, but um, I guess short term, looking at the next like couple years in front of me, um, I kind of just want to build up a larger list of clients and get them on a retainer. So basically just have, I don't know what it like would be ideal for me, but probably like eight ish different clients who I have like a set amount of work for each month. Um, I know what I'm getting into, not just kind of like picking up little like any gig here and there, but I actually have like a set schedule like, Oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, this month. Like, so I can actually like plan out my stuff. Um, yeah, just finding new clients, finding new leads. And, um, basically, going off of that in the long term i kind of want to grow that into a um agency structure so having like a full scale digital marketing agency let's go me and ryan me and ryan me and ryan mccormick bro we've been uh we've been talking about this a lot but yeah um so kind of going from that into a digital marketing agency that doesn't just like make the content but works with the brands to create like strategy planning the campaigns, producing the content, managing all like the socials, posting and writing copy, um, then running ads on the content. And then also just kind of like analyzing the data that comes from that. Um, that's something like I have a very large interest in because like 
producing the content's only like a very like slim majority of the whole the whole thing. So I think if you're able to offer the whole package as one, it just is gonna allow like the whole process to streamline so much easier. When you can offer that to a client, say I can do A, B, C, D, and E, as opposed to, yeah, I can make you a quick little video. When you can say you can do all five of those things and you then after a few, you have the uh, the proof of it, you know, like the proof of success and all that, you can show uh -huh. your numbers. A client's going to be like, wow, I want to go with this guy, right? Exactly, dude. So right now I'm kind of like getting into that style. I um, Me and my buddy Andrew, who I work a lot with, we're running um, digital marketing for the boat company Sea Hunt. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, Where are they based out of? Are they like a southern company? Yeah, so they're based out of um, Chapin, South Carolina. Okay, so like, yeah. Right around the corner. Yeah. Columbia um, area. Yeah. So it's cool to, it's cool to see all that. I haven't, this is like very recent, but I haven't done um, many shoots with them yet, but just being in charge of thinking of the content, getting a strategy, planning out the shoots for the boats, shooting them, like editing the footage together into like so many deliverables and then handing that off to my buddy, Andrew, who posts them on social, writes a copy and then we're going to start running ads on them. Like it's going to be a nice little like intro to like see what it's actually like. Um, obviously one person can't do all of those jobs, you have but a team. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get a team of your buddies together and go for it. But yeah, that's, um, that's kind of like what I'm looking for in the next couple of years. Well, not a couple like, yeah, I guess a couple. Um, but yeah, but, but, a but a thing that got me to, to like wanting to do that is like obviously like i bet you can relate to this too and so many people listening um say you like make a company or client a video and you just like ship it off to them to post it go do whatever and then you see it on instagram like black screen thumbnail oh, I like knew, the, i knew the, exactly where bro, you were going with this bro caption doesn't make any sense and then you look at it you're like dude like I made this video for you. Like you're spending this much money to like produce this content and then you're posting on social with like no like reason that goes with the video or the message you want to portray. It just doesn't make any sense. Like it's frustrating to see that. So like I think just like the people who are making the content should be in charge of like all of the digital side of things just because like they know what the message is like. They know the message that's trying to be pushed. They're going to tailor the video accordingly. And then they can push it out on social to fit the same message and then ultimately just get better results in the end. It's going to be second nature to the person who made the content versus a sub shop owner or whoever it may be, you know, hundred percent feel you on that. And that's happened too many times to count. <laughs> I'm sure every creative can relate. Bro. So yeah. frustrating. So frustrating. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm looking for in the future. Got a um, team of my boys that, all kind of think the same way and like once they graduate once they kind of like bring it all together i think we'll be able to nail it down and get it done all right so then what tips do you have for creators that may be in high school still in college even out of college yeah um let me think about that so i forget i forget who told this to me but i would say like the biggest biggest piece of advice 
for anyone like in the industry is to create more content that you consume. Um, so basically what I mean by that, it's like, it's so easy to obviously just like scroll for hours and hours, like on IG, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it may be. But um, TikTok have some, I mean, have the guy that you, you're scrolling for two hours and he's like, you've been scrolling for two hours. Oh, dude, the guy's the worst. <laughs> I like his video and keep scrolling. <laughs> dude, so true. But yeah, basically what I mean by that, it's like, especially when you're a content creator yourself, like you get so much other content in front of you, so many other videographer, photographer, graphic designer, like you're just like bombarded with work all the time. You see like all these people's stuff and you're like, oh man, like that's so good. Like why my, like why will my work never look that good? Or like, it's just like the more you put it in front of your face, the more you're gonna compare your work to other people's, which is then gonna result in you criticizing your work even harder than you already might do not thinking you're good enough um and just like kind of domino effects from there um but yeah just like trying not to trying not to get caught up in all that stuff kind of just focusing on yourself focusing on your own craft and style because everyone has a different style they edit videos they shoot videos like all that type of stuff i i mean i'm equally i'm super guilty of this too like i always see people's work and i'm like dang dude that's so sick like i wish my stuff looked like that but at the end of the day like my stuff's maybe not meant to look like that um so just like coming to that realization and just trying to like focus on yourself hone in on your own style and just like perfect your craft whatever that may be um and going off of that like trying to give yourself a competitive competitive advantage against others um whether that may be your shooting your editing your color your sound design um your photography just like having something that makes you different sets you apart from the competition is ultimately what's gonna land you jobs with clients um like some people yeah they look for like a jack of all trades like do this this and like can cover so many bases but if you're like really good at one thing that's just going to separate you apart from the competition and then provide value like to a client, which is basically what it's all about. Like you need to provide them value and that's, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to land gigs and get jobs. I agree with that sentiment. 100%. I find myself far too frequently. I've definitely got it uh, under control now, but far too frequently. I see other people's work, other people's work, and I'm like, dang, it's good. I'm never going to be that good. Or it's like, dude, they must have spent a whole year in After Effects. Yeah, all I have to do is spend a whole year in After Effects then. You know, like, yeah, it might take a bit of time, but you'll get there. You just have to put the time in to get there. That's all you have to do. Just like you said, talk to me about some experience on shoots with others and how you how you might determine what your role is, what someone else's role is. Um, I mean, to basically avoid the whole dis like dispute in the first place, like I think before you actually even get to shooting, you gotta like all come together and like establish roles like off the bat. Um, so I would say a pretty good example of this was, when was this? Probably eight months ago, me and my buddy Will Hendrickson, um, Drayton Highlander, 
and Ryan, we all came together to make this video for our buddy Anthony, who's a pro dunker. If you haven't seen you guys, this video is ridiculous. It's all the Cinema 4D stuff, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. So basically, yeah, I had me and Will had the idea for this. So we got together and just started like brainstorming the whole thing. Um, trying to mix real life footage into 3D, like in its 3D space is way harder than we anticipated. Um, so we had to basically like assign roles. So I was, me, Ryan and I were shooting the whole thing. Will and Drayton were building out the 3D space beforehand. And then we had another guy for sound design who's based out of Greenville. But going into it, we knew like 100% like what our roles were and how we were going to accomplish it. Like it was a dude, it was a grind. We like, it took, it took a while to get the good shots because like you had to have the green screen in the perfect location behind him. Even, even then like had to go into after effects and literally rotoscope out like hundreds and hundreds of frames just to clean it up and make it look somewhat decent. I remember seeing um, the B-roll during the process and then a couple months later seeing the final product and I was like, this shouldn't be possible. <laughs> Dude, we, we rigged, we jerry-rigged some of that stuff pretty hard. But um, yeah, but it's like establishing what your roles are beforehand is crucial because like, and like obviously like knowing your team well like i'm i'm friends with all these guys like we hang out like outside of video stuff so you knew each other's strengths and weaknesses exactly yeah so you're playing on everyone's strengths um everyone has a good understanding for who's good at what where everyone just like does their best in and yeah so it was a very uh we got the process pretty streamlined we um we shot it i brought it into after effects and i started basically it's like getting the clips ready for Will and Drayton to incorporate into the 3D space. That took me, dude, way too long to <laughs> get, bro, it was like three or four clips, it was wild, but it took so long, pass it off to Will. Will then um, incorporated into Cinema 4D, Will and Drayton incorporated into Cinema 4D. Um, and yeah, we got a sound, design, his sound designer guy who's buddies with Will to put some sound into it. Yeah, went, went pretty well from vision to reality. One more time, guys. I've not seen the video we're talking about. Go on James's Instagram. Go on uh, Will's Instagram. I know it's on Will Hendrickson. Is that his name? Yeah. It's the craziest thing from someone I know in a long time. For, for real. I'm not just saying that to hype you up. I, mean, I am saying that to hype you up. But uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was crazy. I appreciate that, bro. I did a lot of, a lot of work went into it. So for someone that might not know, because you, you've been playing their strengths, for someone who might not know what their strengths are, this isn't necessarily a question for you, but definitely add on to it. But I would just tell you, like, try as much as you can, as everything you're interested in for it all, because you might think you're good, but maybe you try B, C, and D and realize that you're actually really good at D. Dude, absolutely. That's a great point, dude. Um... I've tried to make it my goal to shoot as many different types of genres there is, whether that be like sports, outdoors, lifestyle, real estate, weddings, product, like studio shots, like just like trying to encompass all that stuff and actually see, like find what I enjoy shooting. Um, that's huge because like there's a lot of people that just get into one industry and stay in that industry because that's like all they all they really know or like think it's out there. But dude, there's so much more to it. 
so many opportunities like outside of just like the very saturated industries like got to get yourself out there and get out of your comfort zone and try out some new stuff i love that great advice any other last minute you'd like to give to any creatives out there um let me think um doesn't matter how good your camera is any camera can create good content snaps for that that's one been, snaps that's for been, that yeah <laughs> that's been said a lot but yeah you always, you don't you don't need the best of the best camera you don't need the newest camera the best lenses like whatever just came out like you really don't need that like at the end of the day it kind of just depends on how good of a shooter you actually are and if you like if you have the eye if you're planning out your shots if your shots are in focus like the fundamentals are way more important than the camera itself like the camera itself does get you a better picture and that's that's facts but it you shouldn't I, i'd like my my like the way i go about it it's like i won't get a new camera until i fully mastered mine like inside and out and once i do that and then once i actually have the need to get a new camera then i will but right now i'm rocking with the a7s2 i've had for three years i think and dude still because it gets me like the stuff i'm looking for but maybe maybe one day in the future i'll I'll take the leaf over to the next step, but yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. You don't, you don't need a good, like you don't need the best of the best camera to make good content. Like even your iPhone, dude, iPhone, iPhone gets, gets the job done a hundred percent. I had the six for years and recently I just got the 12, 12 pro. I doubled six to 12. Wow. Oh man. My phone has been piling out the photos it gets the video, like it's down in El Salvador recently. And I did like, just cause I didn't have my camera on me. It was back in the hostel. And my, my friend and I are being led down the path by this friend. We just, his name is Ido. He's from Israel. And he was leading us down the path and it leads out into the beach. And you can't see the beach until you get to the door at the end of the path. Like I said, all I had was my iPhone. I whipped it out, put it on horizontal video. I'm shooting 60 frames per second. So I can slow it down if I want. Dude, it was so steady. And I'm just walking. I'm like barely heel toeing it. I'm just kind of, you know, walking, <laughs> walking. And the the steadiness that picture came out with, it was ridiculous. So yeah, I'm team iPhone all the way. I mean, like just like you, Bro. I started on my iPod touch doing little fun skate edits, you know? Exactly, dude. I edited on the same iPod touch on iMovie. <sighs> team Apple for life. <laughs> oh yeah you gotta start, you gotta start you gotta start somewhere i know i know i i do i do know that samsung though they, they're they're coming hot they've got some good cameras in their phones but ios yeah ios it's got me hooked i can i couldn't i couldn't mess with the samsung <laughs> <laughs> i'm way i'm way too invested in apple to switch over. i don't know if i'd know how to unlock it <laughs> oh yeah i don't think i would either <laughs> james turner Thank you for coming on Blue Ass Water. Appreciate you. Dude, I've been honored, dude. The first the first podcast guest. And dude, the first podcast I've ever first podcast I've ever done, bro. It's it's been Let's sweet. Let's go. First podcast I've ever hosted. <laughs> Let's go. All righty, man. Have a good one. Peace. Awesome. Appreciate you, Ethan. See you later, bro.